Peter Williams from One O'Clock on RCR, Reality Check Radio. Well, this week there's been a fascinating blog appear written by Barry Brill, former National Party Cabinet Minister and Chairman of the Climate Science Coalition. The headline to his article was, What Will We Do About the Mammoth Methane Mistake? And you read through the article and you realise it has been quite a mistake made in methane calculations. Barry Brill is with me now to talk more about this. Hi, Barry. Thanks for, for joining me here. Can we first uh, do a bit of uh, background on what the big methane uh, mistake has been? Uh, as I understand it, sometime in the distant past, maybe 30-odd years ago, it was decided by learned people that methane had an impact on the climate 28 times that of carbon dioxide. Is that about right? That's how, that's how the, the historical facts uh, sum up here? Yes, that's quite right, uh, Peter. Uh, in the 1991 uh, in first report of the um, Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, uh, which is the Bible on these matters, uh, there was a, uh, a rather rough discussion of how we can express the various greenhouse gases as one value. And, of course, the dominant uh, gas is carbon dioxide. So the objective was to say, well, how can we express the effect, the, the warming effect uh, of methane as a carbon dioxide equivalent? And how can we do the same thing with nitrous oxide and so on through, through the other smaller greenhouse gases? And so the figure that... Uh, uh, was arrived at, and it was called the uh, global warming potential, uh, or as inevitably reduced to GWP, uh, so that the GWP of methane was 28, was a figure of 28, which was 28 times warmer, uh, one kilogram of methane would do 28 times more uh, warming impact on the atmosphere uh, than one kilogram of um, uh, carbon dioxide. So, right. so one kilogram of methane equals 28 kilograms of carbon dioxide. So that's quite significant in a New Zealand context, isn't it? Because we have so much methane coming from our considerable number of farm animals. I mean, I know we don't have as many farm animals as we used to because our farming is getting more efficient, but we still have, what, 25 million sheep and a good number of uh, beef and dairy cows. So it's worked out that our emissions are uh, about nearly half of our greenhouse gas emissions come from the methane emitted by our animals. So therefore that number is very significant in a New Zealand context, isn't it? Oh, yes, it, do it dominates the... Uh... The, the climate uh, metrics in New Zealand. Uh, I think uh, we, in round figures, uh, the farming uh, sector produces about 40% of our total by way of methane and 10% by way of uh, nitrous oxide. Uh, so together, roughly half of the entire greenhouse gas 
emissions uh, or the warming effect of our total greenhouse gas emissions each year. And those figures have been at the very root of all of the, um, uh, the, the pledges, the budgets, uh, the calculations that have been uh, carried out over the last 30 years. Uh, it, it, for example, in the Kyoto Protocol back in the 1990s, uh, the uh, New Zealand uh, targets to reduce greenhouse gases uh, took account of the methane being a, having a GWP of 28, and this gave us a huge figure, uh, and uh, that figure seemed to be high on a per capita basis when you compare it with comparable countries in the, uh, uh, in the developed world. Uh, so that put a lot of pressure, uh, a lot of pressure was put by environmental activists uh, on the New Zealand government to have ambitious reduction programs because we were a, uh, a serious sinner. Our GDP, our um, warming uh, potential per capita uh, was, was high. Now, if you were to correctly calculate the methane, that changes the entire picture. Indeed. So uh, let's far from let, being let, a let, high emitter, we're a low emitter. Yeah. So let's get to this new calculation. Now you've described this in your blog as uh, th- this number as having papal infallibility because it has come from no less a body than the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change in their AR6, their sixth assessment report, and that twenty-eight times. Uh, the impact on the climate of methane over CO2 has been reduced quite, quite considerably with, you would think, serious implications for New Zealand climate policy. So explain what the numbers are and what impact it should have on our policy. Well, the the first uh, uh, discovery of the, of the era... Uh, came out in a scientific uh, paper which was um, peer-reviewed and published in the, uh, in the uh, scientific international journals uh, back in uh, 2018. Uh, and the lead author was a, uh, a Professor Miles Allen of Oxford University. Uh, and then there were a number of other authors, including... Uh, Professor David Frame from Victoria University in New Zealand, uh, who is who was our top climate scientist. Now that paper uh, w- stated quite uh, dogmatically uh, that the GWP uh, of 28 uh, was was wrong. Uh, they, they, it was a a um, it wasn't uh, a, uh, a questioning. It, it was a complete rejection of the GWP at 28. Well, of course, that caused a reaction around the world, including in Wellington. Uh, and uh, then there was talk about there being more work being done by academics in Europe. Uh, but as time went by, uh, the, the work remained unchallenged. And then in, the, uh, in 2019 the IPCC 
brought down its report on the Paris uh, goal, aspirational goal of 1.5 degrees. And in that report, uh, the Allen paper uh, was mentioned with approval that uh, the GWP was no longer reliable. Uh, however, the officials continued to kick for touch on the basis that uh, that wasn't a direct uh, assessment report by the IPCC, uh, and we'd have to wait until the uh, the sixth report came out in 2022. Uh, and uh, then in, uh, for example, on the 4th of October last year, uh, a National Party MP, Stuart Smith, uh, asked a written question of the Minister of Climate Change uh, as to what he was doing about the obvious errors in GWP. And uh, Minister Shaw replied, uh, I'm not a climate scientist. Uh, I put my trust in the work of the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. Well, the... IPCC issues its assessment reports in, um, in stages. Uh, and so it issued this important uh, part of the report back in, uh, in 2022. Uh, so it's been around for quite some time, but there was still the final step was to put out what they call the synthesis report, which brings together all the thousands of pages into a uh, into a summary, and that synthesis report only came out in about March. So there were excuses for putting things off, not very good excuses. Uh, but now I think it's quite clear uh, that the IPCC has said, and I quote, expressing methane emissions as a COT equivalent of 28 overstates the effect on global surface temperature by a factor of three to four. So the, that's uh, an unequivocal statement uh, that the numbers we've been using, 28, are wrong. Uh, rather than being 40% uh, of New Zealand's emissions, uh, methane is around 10%. Well, that is that uh, and, should be very significant then in terms of uh, farming policy because, as we as we know, there are plans to bring agriculture into the ETS. If farmers don't play ball, uh, there's going to be a lot of um, taxes put on them because of the animals that they have and the emissions that uh, those animals put out. So really, this should lead to a complete rethink and a rewrite of uh, of farming of farming policy, should it not? Yes. Well, it, it should. And the certainly the farming sector is on the front, front line. Uh, but we need to bear in mind that the targets that have been set for the whole country and the pledges that we have made under the Paris Agreement uh, are all also based on the understanding that our emissions are 30% worse than they actually are. So our pledges are too high, our budgets are too high, virtually everything has to be reworked uh, on the current science. However, of course, 
the Ministry for the Environment isn't keen on that idea. It's uh, uh, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of embarrassment. They've been telling farmer meetings in particular for the last 20 years that the science is settled. Uh, a number of farmers have raised this very issue, this GWP question. Some of them are pretty good amateur scientists in their own right. Uh, and uh, some of our leading agricultural scientists in the country, uh, like Doug Edmeads uh, from Rotorua and uh, Jock Ellison from uh, Dunedin, uh, these are leaders in farming science, and they have always been sceptical of these figures. Now, uh, what we're getting is silence. The, I, I presume there's some work being done behind the scenes, uh, but they, we can't go forward uh, on the old basis because it is even blind Freddy can see that it's flat out wrong. So we can't go forward on the old basis. We can't seem to be able to reach agreement on a new basis. And so everything's just sitting still. So, Barry, do you believe that inside the bureaucracy at the Ministry for the Environment, they have seen this statement from the IPCC? Or if they haven't discovered it themselves, have they been made aware of it? This uh, this statement from uh, IPCC in the sixth assessment report that the impact of methane on the climate has been overstated by three to four times... It's there in black and white. Do you think they've seen it? Oh, indeed they have. Uh, it's been the subject of uh, a good deal of uh, uh, discussion, uh, but not in public. Uh, now, uh, we do have a letter that uh, Professor Frame, uh, who I mentioned before, has been New Zealand's uh, most authoritative climate science. He's a professor of the Climate Science Department of Victoria University. And he's written a very strong letter to uh, to the minister uh, saying that uh, his position is disingenuous and uh, not candid. And uh, uh, that letter has been obtained under the Official Information Act and... Uh, I, I'll take the opportunity to, to publish it. It's it, a bit of a technical, but the, the, it is quite clear that the, the professor is furious about this. Uh, however, uh, there is no movement. Well, the other thing about it is that David Frame, if he works at Victoria University, will be a colleague of a member of the Climate Change Commission, as in Professor James Renwick. Now, can't those two sit down for a coffee in the in the staff room one day and just talk this through and Renwick have it explained to him and shown the uh, shown the quote from the IPCC's AR six? Shouldn't it be that simple, that straightforward? Uh, well, it should, but uh, Frame mentions that he met personally with James Shaw in 2019. Uh, at a time when Professor Miles Allen from Oxford was uh, over here uh, for the purpose of meeting with James Shaw, and the two of them explained to the minister uh, how GWP was deeply flawed and not really usable, uh, and they understood that he he got it. Uh, and 
and understood the serious implications of it. Uh, but it then seems that he was pinning uh, some hope on the uh, more research being done in Europe, uh, but that research never materialised. The IPCC's assessment report is now out and finished, uh, and uh, the GWP has finished along with it. Uh, but uh, the reluctance of the minister and the ministry to pick this up and run with it uh, is highly disappointing. Uh, it's going to save New Zealand billions of dollars. It's going to be do a lot for our reputation. It's going to underline that New Zealand is already a leader in uh, low emission, uh, as a low emissions country. Uh, but, of course, on the other side of the coin, it leaves a bit of egg on their faces. And it seems that the egg is the main point in their mind. Uh, rather than uh, gratefully accepting that New Zealand is, uh, you know, that they, the, the future cost to New Zealand will be lower, that the achievement in the past of New Zealand is higher, all good news. Good news for everybody. Uh, and the only non-winner would be the Ministry for the Environment, and the only reason for that is because they'll have to admit that they've been getting it wrong in the past. So it's just, in your mind, just a, a matter of dogma. Uh, it's almost embarrassment on their part that they've been pushing this case for, what, 30 years, and they've had it shown to them, not just by the man from Oxford, but by the man from Victoria University, and now by the IPCC itself, that they were wrong. I mean, why can't they just admit that they've got it wrong and that it could be, as you say, a win-win? It, it would be better for New Zealand, better for our farmers, better for our export receipts. What's not to like about all this? Well, I, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, there's a great deal to like, and I'm, I remain hopeful that uh, James Shaw uh, or the current cabinet will decide to take the uh, uh, grass and bull by the horns, as it were, and say, all right, we made a mistake, but look at all the great news we've got for you now. Uh, they have to move one way or the other. The point is that for uh, a long time now, over six months, it's just been stationary. We don't know which way they're going to eventually jump. They're leaning against it, or sure has been leaning against it, but... On the other hand, he hasn't done anything about it yet. Okay, so what changes to policy, just in a broad brush term, if you were a cabinet minister, what uh, what changes to policy uh, should they be making at the ministry? Well, I would uh, immediately have a uh, an inquiry. It could be done by a select committee uh, or by some other um body to enable anybody who wants to be heard on this issue uh, to have their say uh, and at the end of that to say, right, we are dropping the GWP. The the 40% figure comes down to 10% and everything is going to have to be rewritten and recalculated on the basis of our current understanding of the science and not what we thought the science was decades ago. Now, in fact, I don't see that there's any way around that. 
Uh, look, the other way would be if the minister simply said, I accept it, we don't need any inquiry, we're going to press on now. Uh, but the whole thing would benefit from a bit of sunshine. You know, the, almost all of this has taken place behind closed doors. Uh, and uh, the media, the, our journalists don't seem to understand any of it. We don't see any public debate about it. Uh, even the farm journals are, um, are cautious because they are waiting to hear the final outcomes. Uh, I heard this morning that uh, the government may be about to give up on its... Um, uh, hey, Wicca. Yeah, hey, Waka, hey, hey, Waka Ekanoa. Yes. That's it. Hey, yeah. Waka Ekanoa, uh, which has been running for a, a long time. And uh, Jacinda Ardern told the United Nations in September last year that we were going to be the first country in the world that would have an actual agreement between government and the farm sector on what to do about methane. Uh, but, of course, the farm sector is not going to move while this uh, is outstanding. It can't move. I mean, everybody and his farmer's dog knows that it's all based on wrong science. So so that has to be tackled. I can't see any other way around it. So what about the role now, of uh, Dairy NZ, Beef and Lamb Federated Farmers and all this? Uh, are they... Are they courageous enough to to put this number in front of the minister, in front of the ministry, when they get inside uh, the appropriate offices? Uh, yes, yes, they are. Uh, how hard they have been pushing it, uh, of course, nobody knows. Uh, Andrew Hoggard, the president of Federated Farmers, has just resigned. Uh, to take up his position as a candidate for the coming election and rang a ticky for the ACT Party. Uh, and I'm hoping we'll hear a good deal from him about um, uh, what the, where the negotiations got to and what, what he thinks is they're going to need to do next. The uh, uh, beef and lamb president, uh, Mrs. Ackland, uh, has suggested just this morning that the government may now sidestep when and instead put a tax on fertiliser. I think that would be a uh, a very inflammatory uh, approach. Well, considering uh, yeah, farm inflation of, what, 10% or 15% in the last year anyway, and fertiliser costs are a very significant part of that farm inflation. Well, fertiliser costs are usually taken to be about 20% of, uh, of a farmer's costs. Uh, and very uh, everybody around the world has shied clear of going so far as to tax farmers with a view to putting them out of business, with the exception of the Netherlands, uh, who have decided that they would impose a major tax on farmers and reduce the size of their uh, their farm sector. And uh, that's led to huge protests in the Netherlands. Um, there's been an election in which the farm party has come from nothing to be the largest party. Uh, and uh, I'm pretty sure that's not something that the Labour Party will want to see down here between now and October. 
There is a, another factor, Peter, which if I could, I'd like to get this in because it is really important, uh, and that is there's a, uh, is a strong belief that the problem is not just with the GWP. Now, the GWP is a metric. It's a way of measuring things. Uh, but part of the reason why we know it's, it doesn't work is that the, uh, the models simply don't line up with the data, with the actual physical observations. Uh, and so in addition to the metric being wrong, uh, there's a strong uh, suspicion that the whole theory about the methane warming potential uh, needs to be uh, reconsidered. And, and the reason for that is that the, the theory is based on laboratory experiments, uh, and laboratories regularly use dry air uh, so that if, because they want to hold things constant in a laboratory, uh, they run the air over a desiccant and take the water vapour out of it, and then the dry air is used for the various experiments. Uh, and if you put methane into dry air, uh, then it has a warming effect. But if you put it into normal air, which has varying degrees of water vapour, including usually at least 100 times more water vapour than there is methane, uh, then the, the methane doesn't get a chance to work because water vapour is also a greenhouse gas and it absolutely swamps the tiny bit of methane that we have. Now, I don't know whether I've said all that too fast, but the, 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 the bottom line is that methane warming may be pure, purely theoretical and in practice methane may not warm the atmosphere at all because it only operates in a very small band and in that band there is a great deal of water vapour uh, which would be competing with the methane, if you like. And uh, because it's 100 times more water vapour than there is methane, then the methane may have virtually no effect at all. Yes, and a lot of scientists already, Barry, say that uh, CO2 uh, falls into the same category as well, doesn't it? Because uh, water vapour just swamps even the CO2 in the atmosphere as well that is supposed to be the big bad bogey of, uh, of, of climate change. Yes, uh, that's true, but there's been... The, 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 uh, the argument applies in spades to methane because methane, there's only the uh, infrared wavelengths that leave for space at night when there's no sun, uh, those wavelengths cover quite a wide band. And there's only a very tiny piece of that wide band where methane operates. So uh, it's already very, very small. Uh, and so for every molecule of methane, there's going to be at least 100 molecules of, of uh, water vapour. Now, you make a similar argument for carbon dioxide, but the disparity isn't as great. Like, the, the contrast isn't, isn't as high. Now, in the farming context, in relation to methane, 
Uh, a paper on that topic was written by Sheehan and Allison and uh, published in uh, uh, the Farmers Weekly about uh, two years ago. So it's been around and discussed and been discussed up and down the country by farmers over the last uh, couple of years. But it always was based on international work that had been done by a couple of uh, the world's leading scientists, um, Happer and Weingarten. Uh, and Weingarten have done more work and more work uh, and have now, their, their work has all been published and it is now the subject of discussion groups in many parts of the world. The... The paper that was written here, the uh, Sheehan and Allison paper, is a simplified version of the of the very complex Happer and Weingarten paper. Now, all of this is rather more relevant because Tom Sheehan, uh, one of the two authors of that paper, is visiting New Zealand next month and will, in fact, be at the field days in Waikato. Uh, and he, uh, I'm hoping that he will be interviewed by a, a various news media uh, during his visit to New Zealand, so that the the, the deeper problem that it's that methane it might not just be the metrics of the methane, it might be in fact the actual warming theory itself uh, is so flawed. Uh, that we should forget the whole thing until we have a major uh, inquiry and a, and a public debate on it. Uh, so it's very hard to see how, I guess, that all these things happening that the government can just go ahead and impose a tax on farmers. Well, Barry, all I can do is uh, is hope, uh, particularly with uh, Tom Sheehan, the chances of him being interviewed by the likes of Stuff, by the likes of uh, Radio New Zealand, sadly, I suspect, uh, are quite low. Uh, I'm sure that he is uh, very eloquent, uh, eloquent rather, and, and completely educated and would have a very strong case to put. And really... In a democracy, in a place where free speech is supposed to be part and parcel of our fabric, uh, a man like Sheehan should be making many public appearances to put his case. But I suspect that during his time in New Zealand, he is just not going to get uh, that oxygen, the the, the airtime, uh, the column inches that he deserves. We can only live in hope. In the meantime, we we hope, Barry, that uh, what has come down from the IPCC... Censorship, well, that's dead right, yeah. In the meantime, we can hope that what has come down from the IPCC uh, will make it to the brains of the minister and to the bureaucrats. Yeah, well, we should. And there's a, another point that I uh, that you you will be aware of, but it always needs to be emphasised, and that is that our farmers, even using the current GWP or any metric you want to use, have the lowest emissions per kilogram of butter or per kilogram of meat of any farmers in the world. And in fact, they are lower by more than like the next lowest is Ireland and they are 100% higher than we are. So we, by a large margin, undercut the amount of emissions that accompanies those foods 
uh, provided wheat is done here and done under our existing conditions because our farming is very efficient. So if we succeed, as Greenpeace is asking in a petition which is circulating right now, that we have our farm sector, then all of that meat and milk that we're producing will be produced instead in South America or in uh, Central Asia or somewhere. Uh, and the amount of emissions will be at least twice as high as they are now. So the global, so these people, Greenpeace, who are presumably in favour of reducing global emissions, seem quite happy to double global emissions as long as they can succeed in reducing New Zealand emissions. Now, I, I don't understand that one either. <laughs> There are many things about Greenpeace that uh, I have not been able to understand for many years, Barry. Hey, I, uh, I thank you, thank you so much for your time here. This has explained things magnificently. I think uh, the the news is out there. Let's hope that it hits the spot and that some sensible activity, some sensible action, happens as a consequence of what you have pointed out in your column this week. I thank you for your time here today. Thank you, Peter. Thanks for tuning in to RCR, Reality Check Radio. If you like what you're listening to, or even better, if you don't agree with what you're listening to, then get in touch with us now. You can text us with your message to 2057, that's 2057. Or if you'd rather email us, you can at inbox at realitycheck.radio. We would love to hear from you, so get in touch with us now.